Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Q-List, How I Met Your Mother edition. I'm Lincoln Corkins, and of course, joining me for this crusade through lovers and lessons and suits and just all kinds of great things, Josh Fanny. And Scotch. Oh, and, Sc- and Scotch, Guns, Robin Sparkles, Canada. Canada Day. Alan Thick. Alan <laughs> Love Alan Thicke. It's great. It's great. I love season four. This is uh, seasons seasons two, three, and four are like kind of my favorite stretch of the show. Season four is pretty great, and that's going to be our subject of conversation today, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, Q List is the show where we break down each and every season of How I Met Your Mother. This is the fourth week. We have five episodes left, left, and then we are going to switch it over to High School Musical. Uh, we'll have talk about more more about that here in a few weeks because we are going to do a live watch along. With two special guests. One of them lost the bet yesterday. So suck it, Dan. Um, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of great times with High School Musical. Hey, plus, uh, check out this weekend. We have another High School Musical editorial going up on the site. So be sure to check that out. It's coming up this Saturday on BoschRushNetwork.com, where you can catch all the great entertainment and gaming news that you need. Um, and... Ladies and gentlemen, it's you know it's the week after E3, so if you missed any of the amazing E3 coverage that we did, we wrote 50-something articles last weekend alone covering all the big news from E3. So check that out. Check out the pod clips. We have a lot of great pod clips from uh, Eddie V's takes on what you should be eating during the press conferences that turned into a hilarious debate uh, to all the other nonsense that we did. Uh, check out all the pod clips. You can check it out on BoschRushNetwork.com. Josh... Season three, we wrapped season three last week, and at the end of it, Stella Zinman. We love Stella around here. So season three, Ted has broken up with Rob, and he's learning a lot of big life lessons. We we talked a lot about... He's being no a man whore. He's being a man whore, dude. He is getting around. But he's learning a lot of big life lessons. No Tomorrow was an episode we focused a lot on last week where we talked about how yeah. Ted's finally realizing the consequences of his actions. Now we're turning a new kind of lesson. So at the end of season three, Stead has proposed to Stella Zinman, the dermatologist who removed his butterfly tattoo because Ted got a butterfly tattoo, or as Barney Simpson so lovingly puts it, a tramp stamp. So we end with Stella Zinman looking at Ted. And to kick off season four, we get episode Do I Know You? It aired September 22nd, 2008. Pamela Fryman, of course, on the director's chair. And Carter Bay's Craig Thomas, creators of the show, giving us the writing duties for this one. Stella says yes. Stella says yes. And there's that instant moment of Ted might have finally met the mother, right? Wrong. Wrong. But first, he realizes he doesn't even know her. They've been together for, at this point, like two or three months. He doesn't even know her. Stella has some flaws. One, she's in love with her ex-husband. But two, and more importantly, she's never seen Star Wars. Yeah, it's not great. Um, I mean, I just, how do you not, how do you get to that point in your life and not see Star Wars? Just I mean, how? I don't get it. I don't get it. How do you... How is that I mean, like one games. of the first things that comes up like on a first date? What's your all-time favorite movie? Like that is like one of the easiest questions to break the ice with. I feel. Granted, we are a little bit nerdy, so like maybe we would ask. I mean, I don't know. What Everyone knows Star Wars, what you, though. What do normal people do on a first date? Do you ask what their favorite Marvel superhero is? I mean, I. I don't mean, I know. would. 
I totally do. That's actually the pre-date question I ask. If she says, uh, St- or Chris Evans, she's trash. I know she doesn't like personality. <laughs> oh, I could, I could go on a rant for that one. <laughs> but yeah, how do you not know about Star Wars? Meanwhile, that's going on. Barney confesses to Lily that he has feelings for Robin. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one because you know like him and Ted have Tim and Ted have made up you know being friends, but when he gets into the accident and miracles, he and they're all joking about what he saw like suits, money, uh, a giant boob suit, raining money, lactating scotch, as Mar as Marshall puts it. Um, he's just staring at Robin that whole time. That that's what he thought about. And it kind of sets up one of the major subplots for the remainder of the series, really, which is the love triangle between Ted, Barney, and Robin. This is the beginning of, I think, the best character development for Barney that we see in the show. Uh, it started oh, at the end of season three, and it goes through. I mean, honestly, the rest of the show, Barney is constantly evolving and finally changing. Like, seasons mm-hmm. one through three, they kind of stuck him as, here's Neil Patrick Harris. Here's the reason a lot of you came to the show. He's going to be funny. He's going to give you a lot of great memorable moments. But now we need to look at who is Barney outside of the suits, outside of awesome and right. all these different things. outside of a punchline, exactly. How do you how do you do how do you add depth to this character? Make him fall in love with his best friend. Yeah, this, this is how. Best yeah, friend. he uh, he betrays the bro code. He breaks the very thing that he wrote, even if he claims that Barnabas Stinson wrote it in seventeen seventy six. God, I know too much about this show. <laughs> there's there's a lot of good stuff here. So. In the episode one, you know, yeah, we, we're, we're getting to know Stella. Stella is kind of a really just not... How did Ted fall in love with her? Dude, I don't know. This this makes no sense. You you start to see in this episode just how far apart they really are on, like, damn near everything. And, that you know, she confesses to Marshall right after lying to Ted, like, oh, God, no, it was so stupid. Like, her rant about Star Wars, just like, oh, my God, is this what my family thinks when I talk about it? Like, it... It's never a good look when something that you're passionate about that your significant other is not. Oh, yeah. Like you gotta, have, you gotta have common interests. Like right. Marshall there, has the a best difference between like too. you liking certain things that they don't. I mean, my girlfriend really likes Doctor Who. I can't stand it, for example. Um, but I would never belittle it. Like I would never go to said person's best friend and be like. Uh, it, God, it was so stupid. Like, I'm gonna have to lie about it to his face for the rest of his life. And it's just like Marshall basically asked her, like, "Can you lie about this for the rest of your life?" I think I can. Yeah, yeah. It's because like you got Marshall has low key the best lines in this whole episode because like yeah. when they're on the date and he's talking about it, Marshall just pops up. She's never seen Star Wars. You know who's never seen Star Wars? The people who are in it, and that's because they lived it. That's because they lived it, Ted. But yeah, the, going to write that, that scene you were talking about where like Marshall says, hey, look, Ted watches this movie when he's sad, on holidays, mm-hmm. when he's sick, when he doesn't. I mean, like, this is this is this is Ted Mosby. Star Wars is Ted Mosby. I mean, we're, we're literally going to do an episode about Star Wars in season eight. I mean, can you really lie about that? And. Right. I will say this. Sarah Chalk, with as bad as the writing is for her character, tries to make the most of it. 
Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with the performance, but I do think that Stella is a character that they just we see it pretty clearly here. Like even the summer break did not give them any new ideas on how to write her. Yeah. And I feel like at a certain point they just kind of mutually went, all right, we got to get her out of this show, which, you know, it happens very quickly in this season. You could have given her like, okay, Bill Lawrence did a great job of writing Elliot and Scrubs, who's also played by Sarah Chalk and was going at the same time. He gave her the, the, the great time of she's just a major dork. She knows German and she does all this, which is all stuff that Sarah Chalk was actually into. That was stuff that she brought to Elliot. And I think that's part of their issue that they struggle with is you can't just copy and paste Elliot Reed into How I Met Your Mother. When it's kind of funny that that character almost would have been like just as good, if not slightly better with Bill Lawrence's writing. If Elliot came into the How I Met Your Mother universe. See, and I, th- I think it's a crime that Bill Lawrence didn't get involved with How I Met Your Mother for this, especially because they're such great friends, like him and Craig Thomas and Carter Bay. Is like, they, and they, they, yeah, they talk about it. He really mentored them when they came into the industry. It's like, okay, how did you not? And, and, and maybe a conversation happened, and they've just never talked about it. Of like, did Craig say, "Hey, how do you how do you work with Sarah Chalk?" Like, not in a bad way. Of mm-hmm. how do you how do you position her to succeed in her roles? And Bill probably could have been like, hey, look, here's the deal. She's great. She she builds better chemistry with people she generally likes. She generally liked Rad Norris. She talks about this a lot. Is like Josh Rad Norris was one of her favorite people to work with. Right. But then they just didn't give her anything to go with. One of her best episodes is or one of the best Stella moments is when they're talking about uh uh the the first time that they're gonna have sex. Mm-hmm. And it's the potato skin scene where she's just a dork. And it feels just good. It's it's like this is a personality. This is Stella's getting a little bit more of a I could I could really enjoy her character. And then they just kill it right after that episode. They just completely t- toss it. Now, Stella is gonna have my pro- potentially my favorite line of all time in this show later on this season, but like this episode's not great. Uh Episode two, we're not going to dive into it, but it does have my favorite special guest appearance in this season, Regis Philbin. Regis! 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 Regis Philbin is great. I Uh, love how Barney is scared of Regis. (laughs) I just dream about that burger. I wake up at night going, get out of my head, burger! It's great. It's great. I love when Regis gets okay. So best burger in New York. Marshall's trying to find this burger joint that he found. You know, his first like two or three weeks in New York. He's been looking for this burger for years. Really, what this episode talks about is how Marshall needs to find a job because he is getting way too comfortable living at home um, in his underpants. I mean, he is he just Mar- is Marshall ever- standing his final scene in front of the mirror because he's going in there to motivationally talk to himself before interviews. I say this one all the time out loud. It's his last one. You are sad. You are beaten down. You're going to go do this interview. Come home. Put on your big underpants and take a nap. That sounds like a perfect plan for Wednesday. God. It sounds like a perfect plan for every day. Okay. I'm in, man. I am 100%. Put put, put a cold beer in there and you you got it. Mm, I'm in there. Um. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Best Burger in New York. It's it's just a good all around episode. But yeah, Regis Feldman makes it's episode. the introduction, a introduction of uh, Goliath National Bank. Also, the introduction of Heads or Tails, 
which is oh, yep, a game, yep. game show that exists in this universe. It's completely stupid. There's a moment, though, when Regis gets the text and he's filming an episode of How to Tell. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. That's probably the fastest that man moved in the last years <laughs> of his life was in that scene. Oh, man. Regis, rest in peace, dude. You were you were you were too good for this world. Yeah, dude, I fucking love you, Regis. So sorry they had to sit next to Kelly Ripa for those years. Right. All right, next episode we want to dive into is actually episode three. I heart New Jersey. Uh Greg <sighs> Marlin or Greg Malines comes in to write this one. Um, which she comes in usually for big episodes. Specifically for Ted in relation. Oh, I hate this episode too. This but this, it, this is like Scott's Tots cringe for me. This is so bad. Like, it's not a bad episode plot-wise. I, I, I want to be clear about that. It's just the things that... And it, you see it coming. It's like a semi driving down the road towards you with its lights on. You know it's coming and there's no way to avoid it. You just gotta... You gotta get head, hit head on with it. it. It's a Mack truck. Ted's been assuming that they're gonna move into the city with him and I mean, Stella, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Stella makes, like, all the right points here. You know, uh, my daughter goes to school here. I have a house. I have a mortgage. I have a car. You know, I, I, I'm i on the PTA. I'm the deputy mayor. Like, all the – and, of course, you know, it's it's meant to be ridiculous. But but, but, but it sets the tone, though. I mean, it, it does. Really gives her point validation. And Marshall finds Costco and falls in love with it. <laughs> I hate New York. New York is too small. I've always just run it into everything. Like here, you never have to hold a damn cup in your life. Not for the rest of your life. I feel like that's how I would be. I feel I'd like, like it that for was Jason about Siegel an hour and then bit. be done with it. This season is just a showcase for Jason Siegel, I feel, improvising. Because that that particular outburst you feel like was not scripted. He's so good. It's so, so good. He has a moment in the next episode too, where it's like, God dang it, Jason, you just you nail it. Um. So yeah, Ted. Ted convinces the whole group to do a night out with Stella in New Jersey, and the night out is actually going to be at the coolest bar in New Jersey, which is a basement. Which, if you've ever been to New Jersey, pretty fitting. Uh, <laughs> to the basement of Stella's house. They really don't have many options. Barney has a dumb plot in this one. I'm sorry, but I can't stand the Barney plot line in this. Yeah, it's, he, it's stupid. The Barney plot is stupid. The Robin plot is stupid. I don't like any of it. So Robin quits her job in Metro News 1 and then gets cold feet right at the end and has to rush back to try to save her job. Barney requests the highest of fives and nobody yeah. will give him Well, one is clearly better than the other, but they're both bad here. Oh, just terrible. Like, Greg, I like you, buddy. You, you've written a few of my favorite episodes. This is your worst work. But I, I get it. Like like, they kind of looked at it when we have such a strong A plot. We still have to have a B and C. And it's just, it's not good all around. Because the A plot really does come down to Ted's been riding the subway religiously. He can't see his friends. He can't spend time with Stella because he's just always riding the train he's hanging out with matisse he's a surfing or a uh, yeah, rollerblading dude who just hangs out on the subway he's cool matisse what up dude where you at bro um but then he really comes down to uh ted's making the sacrifice to move to new jersey the one place he swear he'd never move for a woman we're still not convinced that he's 100 percent in love with you just feel like he's rushing into um and we're gonna we're gonna come back to that here in a minute with shelter island 
the gang all attends Ted and Stella's wedding on Shelter Island. So Ted and Stella go to a go to dinner with Stella's sister, who is bragging about this big glorious wedding that she's about to have with her fiance, and then her fiance dumps her, cheats on her with a vitamin consultant and from Whole Foods, and just goes go. That's one of my favorite anecdotes. She's just like ranting. I can't believe it. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Runs off with a vitamin consultant from Whole Foods. It's like it's just so perfectly delivered. This episode is equal parts like very depressing and absolutely hilarious. When they find yep. out that there's no meat and no alcohol, <laughs> it's just the absolute best. Because Marshall comes back, he goes, "Guys, there's no meat. Yet there's no alcohol." What? And, and everyone's just like, "Oh God damn it! What kind of hippie commune does Ted brought us to? Some of these drinks could make a woman smarter." <laughs> Robin has a moment too where she goes up to the yeah. juice bar and is like, uh, rough day? Yeah, try this. Okay, keep them coming. She tries it. She's like, no, do not keep those. Do not keep them coming. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough look. Um, but man, just the, and it's funny because for an episode so heavy on Stella, she's really not in it. Um, but we have the first appearance of Tony. Tony's going to show up a few more times this season, and he's going to be mentioned in seasons to come. And he's just such a fucking weirdo that you're like, how on earth did Stella want that over Ted? So there's a moment at the beginning of this episode when so Ted and Stella agree to take over. I cannot remember Nora's Nora's, uh, wedding plans. And Stella goes, she kind of she kind of baits Ted by saying, you know, I, I used to wish Tony would be spontaneous like this. And right there in that line, you're like, oh, something else is going on. Now, and a, a part that we didn't talk about was that um, at the end of I Heart New Jersey, Robin actually takes a job in Japan. Mm-hmm. She's moved away. She's doing the news for some weird Japanese uh, news station in school. So. Ted has invited her to the wedding at Shelter Island. Didn't tell Stella until the last second. That's going to be an issue. The other issue here is that Lucy, Stella's daughter, is not being allowed at the wedding either. Um, and I apologize if you hear mowers in the background. My apartment complex decided to start mowing, but we can we can be we can be better than that. Um, but so so Ted, thinking he's going to be the hero, thinking he's going to do something really really right, goes to Tony, Stella's ex husband, and says, "Hey, look." Lucy deserves to be at her mom's wedding. Right. And Tony kind of just combines him. He's like, you know, look, I I feel like this is a whole other family that I'm not part of, and I wasn't even invited to the wedding. Why and Ted's would like, you well, you're be? invited now. I'm, in what world do you like okay? One of my friends, one of my friends recently, um, his his wife and him, they split. She just got married like last weekend. And yeah, he, they have a kid together. They split weekends, do all that. W- was he invited? Absolutely not. That'd be freaking weird. No, it's was freaking okay. weird. In, in Marshall's words, it's like inviting the Mets to a World Series. Like, why would you want to see your success, or why would you want your failed marriage to see your successful one? It's like inviting the Mets to a World Series, which is just awkward for everybody. So, so I, the Seattle lover of me has to correct you. It's the Mariners. Which makes it even funnier because the Mariners have never won a title. (laughs) Fair enough. They lost with they lost with Ichiro. Man, come on. It's it's bad all around, and 
it's like that final the final bits of the episode though when ted finds the letter and it's interspersed with uh stella talking about tony and tony talking about stella and like each time that it comes back to the present there's a new person sitting by ted reading the letter comforting him even barney even barney is you know uncharacteristically like silently emotional when he reads this and it's just like if your heart doesn't break in that moment for ted mosby it's like granted it's one of the last times we're going to feel sympathetic for him but you just and then robin is on the boat watching this yeah which i felt that was also a little weird to me it's like if you're robin you don't go up and say something like really so robin has another great line though in this where and i i, I think this was this is the this one we talked about last, said, last week. Yeah. Yeah. This whole episode sets up, you know, like, you knew at the beginning, this isn't actually going to go through. Yeah. Like, there, there, there's no way they possibly get married. But Robin has a great line where she goes, Ted, you're jumping into somebody else's story. You know, you're the most romantic guy I know. And it feels like you're just becoming a background. You know, you're, you're just dissolving into somebody else's love story. And that's not you. It's but not Ted's the been so desperate. You deserve. That's the line. That's the line. Ted Mosby is the most romantic character in the show, right? The two minute date. That's phenomenal. The blue French horn. That's awesome. The locket. We're going to talk about that in season eight and season nine. There's so many different things where, like, the character of Ted Mosby was destined to have his happily ever after be this big romantic thing. But with Stella, it never had that. It had it with the two minute date, sure. But then it never had it again. And if, 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 and this might be the single person in me talking, but I believe that love should be moments like that all the time. Like you want to, you want to make those big romantic moments with the person you love all the time. And when it's not there, it's just not there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough episode, but even though Stella Lee said at the altar, and this will get referred to multiple times, like such as when he refuses to be uh, involved in a third runaway bride situation, as he puts it. <laughs> um, he and you know, even when uh, you know him and Victoria, you know, when they will later reunite, and he, you know, events that happened at Ted's own failed wedding, you know, he brings up there. It's brought up a punchy wedding in a montage that we see. Right. There, there's so many instances like this is one of the few events that is going to continue to haunt him for the entire series. And it's and, and, and this is where I think the writing is brilliant of they focus on Ted got left at the altar. It's not Stella left him. Stella was secretly loved. Like they wrote the Stella part of it out of the equation. Now She's going to come back here at the end of the season. But like. It was never about Stella. It was just the fact that he got left at the altar. Right. A lot of good moments. We're going to talk about, like, season six, there's an episode called Baggage, where Ted realizes, hey, look, this thing that's been weighing me down, this weight that I've been carrying around, like, why is it so heavy? And I've let it just eat me up as a person for so long. And this is the beginning of that. (laughs) But really, I just want to make you some pancakes. Um, <laughs> there's a couple episodes we're going to skip happily ever after is a fun one not a father's day we are going to come back to not a father's day with our favorite new segment where we read Barney's blog let me tell you yeah. ladies and gentlemen it is a doozy it is a doozy it's great. but let's go to woo which is uh, episode 8 of the season there are in this season 24 episodes so this is uh, this is about the quarter way mark 
Uh, wonder. I can't do math. Um, <laughs> woo. Written by Carter Bay's Craig Thomas. You know when these two are writing an episode, it's going to dive into some deep psychological stuff. Which is crazy to me that they didn't write the breakup or the happily ever after episode either. Uh, shocking to me that they didn't write either of those. But woo. Ted designs a building for Marshall and Barney's workplace, Goliath National Bank. Remember FDIC? While Robin becomes friends with Lily's co-workers. And Lily's co-workers are woo girls. They're fucking nuts. You got a let you got a girl who's secretly in love with uh God dang it. She's secretly in love with uh the leader of the group. Yeah, the leader of the group. Jenna. Jillian. Like Jillian. Jillian. Yes, I know it started with a J. Uh secretly in love with Jillian. She proposes a three-way that Barney is too drunk to accept. Which is hilarious to me. But they want to have it with Ted, not with They him. want to have it Ted, yeah. If we found the right guy, sure. So, Barney, or, uh, Robin's feeling a little bit let down because Barney, or Robin didn't confide in her that she's really struggling. You know, just mentally, yeah. she's back in New York. Look, her big job in Japan didn't work out. She just had to watch her ex-boyfriend get left at the altar, which is just all kinds of confusing. She's not in a great place mentally, and she just says, "You know, I there. She she doesn't have a job. She's just she's just out of it." Robin has a very low key, interesting storyline throughout this whole season where she's always had she's always been able to leave, right? Right. And at the beginning of the season, she does leave. She goes to Japan. By the end of the episode, by the end of the season, she is so locked into this is my family. This is where I belong. She can't leave this. You can't leave New York, right? Kind of perfect, which is ironic yeah. when you think about what's going to come in season nine, or specifically the finale. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. So, yeah, w- w- what do you think about Will? I oh, it's, for me, this is one of the easiest ones to go back and rewatch. Uh, this is kind of a guilty pleasure episode. Uh, especially sure. when uh, you know Robin comes by in the stretch limo with the bottle of champagne. That's hilarious <laughs> to me. Um, what's with the fireman's hat? Oh, it was fire safety day at school, and I don't have a cowboy hat. <laughs> hey, uh, Marshall's <laughs> drinking the, te- the test tube shots, and they're like, where'd you get the hat at? What hat? <laughs> uh, but my favorite part of this actually may be the Ted storyline when he proposes the, Nas- the Goliath National Bank building, and he pitches it, and we get the introduction of Sven and the daytime drunk. The uh, Swedish architect group that has just been crushing the world. They're a collective. It's, Push up time! It, it's funny. It's, I love that, uh, you know, it's, it's the Tyrannosaurus Rex is what they proposed the building looking like, which this thing would never get built. Let's be completely clear about that. But it's to highlight how just how fucking stupid Barney Stinson is. Because he sits there, they, they, they're telling him, and I always equate this group, what they're called Sven, I equate them to how I imagine Muse probably looks in their spare time. Oh, yeah. And so, the, 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 the guy who does all the talking, like, that, that's Matt Bellamy in my mind. He seems just as douchey, just as much of a prick as Bellamy does. So, whenever he starts talking, I just start laughing, because they're, they're swaying while they're talking. And he says something to 
the degree of we're going to your office will be here in the head of a Tyrannosaurus Rex because you are a man of great power and great virility. And it's just it is the most ridiculously over the top Barney Stinson centered presentation ever. No one else would take this seriously. When even Bilson votes for Ted Mosby, you know you made the wrong decision. I mean, it's just so perfect. There's a moment too where he's like, "Guess what? Guess what? Uh, comes out of the building? Fire! Push the button! Push it for glory! Push it for glory!" Is one of the single funniest <laughs> deliveries in this season, I think, because he's so over the top about it at this point. And Barney is so into it. Barney is. Uh, Barney is. I feel like we would all be Barney at that point. We would be pressing the button. Oh God! It's just... it's great. This is great for all the little things that it does, and you know it does. It sets up Ted's plotline for the rest of the season now. Post Stella, yep, he's gonna he's gonna be designing the, and honestly, this goes to the end of season eight. Yeah, it re- it really does. I mean, are, are, in all honesty, all the way up to the finale. Yeah, because we see the building again. You know, we so we see the results of it when he takes Penny there. It's pretty dang awesome. So Wu is just Wu is is a great episode just in general. Um, I don't know if we're gonna do a huge deep dive into it, but we have to talk about one of the most iconic moments in How I Met Your Mother history. Um, I do not recommend trying this. Um, I tried it with a girlfriend. I didn't try it on a stranger. I swear, the Naked Man. Uh yeah. I mean, it's it's again. We talk about the recurring jokes. This is one of the best ones. That, again, we- something that comes all the way up, all the way up until the end of the show. What uh, what pose are you going with? See, no, okay, I, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 put this out for a second. The naked man is when you are on a date and it's not going well, and you need something to kind of save it. So you make an excuse to go up to the girl's apartment. You get naked. She sees you. She laughs. She thinks, why not? And goes for it. Works two out of three times. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Two out of three times. Um, what pose would you go with if you were going to pull the naked man today? Oh, dude, you gotta go, Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan's good. I was thinking the Heisman. Talk I do like the Morgan. Heisman one, but I feel like that might not be relevant to a lot of people. Everyone knows the Captain Morgan. That's fair. Uh, the Mister Clean, not a bad one. Go with the Mister Clean. It's good. The Mister Clean is funny. I feel like you need to be bald for that to really have the effect. Yeah, and you need to have good lighting behind you. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a whole. It's got to be a whole bit. Um, not the Superman. I think the Superman one is dumb. Superman is stupid. The, I I like the, the thinker is good. I do like the thinker. Yeah, the thinker would work. All the ones Ted does are good. The one Barney does is... Yeah. And, and Lily just nails it with the I've got boobs. Yeah. Classic. Two out of three times. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I love... Mitch has an amazing line in this. Which I feel like we're some of the only people who just like we don't just chuckle, we actually die laughing at this. When he goes, Robin, I'm in seven fantasy football leagues. <laughs> okay? And then at the end when he's walking out of the bar, he goes, Well, I gotta go manage my fantasy football leagues. One of my quarters uh, quarterbacks separated his shoulder this week. And he's so mad when he walks I'm out. I'm like, like, God dang it, uh, this has been me at so many different times in my life. Like Truly a Logan Corkins moment. It's truly a Logan Corkins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's truly Logan Corkins during a Cubs when a Cubs game is on a day game and I'm at work and it's like, God dang it, Craig Grimble. 
You lost us another one, you piece of crap. But Me and every yeah, this, game ever. Great, great episode. Um, I want to go to one of my favorites. I think this might be my favorite of the season because this is this is my guilty pleasure. This is this is like if an episode feels like home. This is that episode for me. And it's yeah. called Little Minnesota, written by Chuck Tatham. Pamela Fryman, of course, in the director's chair. And it is episode 11. Ted's sister Heather is moving to New York. And uh, Ted tries to keep her away from Barney. Meanwhile, Marshall takes Robin to the bar he goes to when he's feeling down. She fits in a little bit too well with the Minnesota people. The Minnesota Knights or the half Canadians. I don't know what See, we call them. It's funny because when we watch this episode, I feel like you really like the Robin and Marshall storyline. I really like the Ted and Heather storyline, specifically Barney's songs about her when the Christmas card comes in. I and wish I could see her naked. Yeah, he changes it every year. Ted has a little sister. It's hotter every year. Everybody. And uh, yeah, he's like, uh, what is it? I can celebrate Hanukkah too, or something. I can celebrate Hanukkah too. Is, is what he says. Uh, oh, what is it? I, I down on my <laughs> It's so great. His, his songs, and so you know, Ted's determined to keep them away. He doesn't think Heather's responsible, which she's not. Uh, and we have a flashback to when he sold his, when she sold his couch and TV for nine inch nails tickets in Spain. And oh, gotta go slow song. I don't know if you've ever been to a Nine Inch Nails show. I don't think there are slow songs. I don't think that's ever been a thing. Yeah. Or remotely quiet ones either. But the main, the the A plot line is very good in this one. I like which is funny, like it's Ted's sister, and that's not the A plot. But like okay, so so th- you have that plot line. We also learned that Lily can't keep a secret. Good. Enough. Oh, yeah. Good, good to know. We're gonna we're gonna find out more about that. But the storyline I love is Little Minnesota. Um, yep. So Ted or uh, Marshall kind of confides in Robin that there is a place that he goes when he doesn't feel at home. And I and I know this feeling all too well because mm-hmm. every now and then there is a Chicago bar that I go to here in Kansas City when I just need to scream and be around Cubs fans and Bears fans and talk crap about the White Sox. Sometimes you just need that. Um, and and have good Italian beef because. For every great thing that Kansas City does in food, they mess up another Chicago dish that really should be good. I love you, Kansas City. Trust me. But um, yeah, so Marshall takes him t- takes Robin to this little bar. Um, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Um, the Hoser Hut. No, that, no that's the Hoser. That's the one. That's that's kind of what. Yeah, who cares? But we we find a lot of just Minnesota's just fun. Like their sliders are giant ass burgers. They've got <laughs> Fisherman's Quest. Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty great. I used to play FQ all the time back in Canada. And we also get one of the funniest lines where, don't tell, don't let anyone know you're not from Minnesota. <laughs> we also learn Canadians are scared of the dark. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got Canadian roots. My grandparents are both Canadian. I've asked my grandma. She says that's not a thing. So, get yeah. out. Get out. Uh, I just, I love this whole thing because... And I, and I, and I'm a little bit mad we don't come back to this bar ever, because like, Mar- this is how you could have gotten like one of Marshall's brothers to live in New York, is have him be a bartender here. Um, this could have been something more. I, I appreciate it for what it is, though. Um, I just 
this is just a more good episode. I freaking love this episode, man. It's it's good. It's a good one. Let's talk about benefits. Courtney Keg writing this one, uh, episode twelve of the season. Ted Robin started having sex to avoid arguments. And now they live together, much to Barney's dismay. Uh, Marshall feels judged for reading magazines at work. This is a common thing that I love about How I Met Your Mother. Instead of saying, hey, we smoked weed, we ate a sandwich. Instead of saying, I had to take a really big crap, I read a magazine. Which is becoming more, like, these are phrases that me and my roommate use all the time. Right. Freaking love this episode. So it's great. Robin and Ted have friends with benefits. They're they're anytime that you're about to get into an argument, they just have sex instead. Uh, and it results in uh, Barney breaking an abnormal amount of TVs in the alleyway behind the bar. Also leading to one of the funniest scenes of the episode where he's in a TV or electronic shop and he's like, So you're telling me that the CRT is better for low light, but this is but plasmas better. are better for games. Yeah, but, but really, she was lax. Hmm. I'll take the CRT. Bam! <laughs> just, 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 just and then beautiful. it cuts back to him later on. He goes, he just, he's showing the story again. He goes, that one. Bam! It's it, it's it's a pretty funny gag. I'm glad they didn't draw it out. But all the euphemisms they're using, I went showing every time Ted's coming to the bar with Barney, and he's like, sorry, I was jamming on Sherbatsky. And uh, what is it? She yells, you're taking too long in the shower. And the next thing I know, she jumps in. Because she don't mind. I took my time. It's it's all just so funny. And it, it's, like, so it, it's a largely inconsequential episode for Ted and Robin, even though you think they are. Because it says, you know, whenever you hook up with an ex, there's always somebody who gets hurt. And yep. be Barney. Barney's the one who's getting hurt. And so he takes these drastic measures, including filling up their uh, fridge with milk. I, uh, I I just picked those up on the way over, and like he got him a dishwasher. Did you buy some dishwasher? A dishwasher? No, that's so, always been there, Ted. Don't you pay attention you in your own apartment? Here? There's a tag on it, Barty, and he just rips it off. Uh, <laughs> oh, and here's stance. Here's five thousand of them. There's it's it's great. There's something to be said here too. I mean, it it is a hundred percent true. When you do a friends with benefits, I, I I've done it. I you know mm-hmm. it's. Yes, there's there's definitely the pleasure of it, but there is also the thing of like I, I I've been the one and I know I know shocker, but I've been the one that typically develops feelings when it's friends with benefits thing, just because it is, um, you, you know, usually when you do a friends with benefits, it's like that's the most vulnerable time of the day for you is that two one or two a.m. thing when it, you're just you just need to be with somebody, get a little bit of pleasure and then leave, but that's usually your most vulnerable, and. Ted and Robin living together kind of changes that dynamic a little bit where it's like, oh, hey, I can't just uh, walk out the next morning and not talk to you for a week. Like, right. I have to see you. So we're just going to it's just one long booty call. And that changes the dynamic. And and we saw earlier in the season when when Barney confessed that he has feelings for Robin, like. It really changed his character a little bit. Like we like Barney's still sleeping with people, but he's not he's not. He's not being Barney Stinson about it, if that if that explains it. Outside of the one at the beginning of the season, he convinces that he plays for the Yankees. And ironically, she comes back. Bring your mitts, because you're going to be in foul ball country. 
It's great. It's great. It's great. I I just this is this again. This is an episode that that talks about the depth of who Barney Stinson is and and kind of the yeah. kind of the role that he has. Kind of the role that he has. Uh, what's the next episode that we're gonna hit on? Um, the front porch. You, yeah, front porch. Uh, front porch and sorry, bro. Kind of are basically two episodes together. They are. They like. are. Uh, so sorry, bro. Ted hooks up with his previous ex girlfriend Karen, who she's played by such an amazing actress, but she's such a terrible character. She's um, insufferable. Um, anytime that Karen shows up, you're just like, God, this is the worst. It sucks because she she uh, who's the actress? Let me let me look this up here. Uh, but she she's played by the girl who was Donna in that '70s show. Um, it's uh, Laura Prepon. Yeah, yeah, Laura Prepon. Uh, she's a great actress. She's phenomenal, and yeah. Karen's just a terrible human being. Uh, but then so then you go to the front porch. Karen breaks up with Ted. He discovers that Lily was responsible and has been meddling with his relationship for years. The gang stays up late to watch his Robin's morning show, and Barney is seduced by Marshall's nightgown. That is the weirdest sentence I've said in a long time. Barney is seduced by Marshall's nightgown. <sighs> Fandom, let's change these descriptions a little bit. <laughs> it's a night shirt. He wore suit, he was wearing suit pajamas before. <laughs> That's a lot from a porno. I've seen that porno. Heck, I've made that porno. I just I I've gotten to a point where these are two episodes that I just skip on my rewatch. Damn. Because it they're just they're tough watches. It's honestly it's Ted at his scummiest. Um, in the sorry bro, especially. Uh, it's just, it's bad. Then, I mean, the front porch, it kind of carries over to how you find out that, you know, like, I believe it's in front or reverse them. I don't remember what order they go in, but I want to say that in front porch is when it's revealed that Lily has broken up Ted and most of his previous girlfriends because Lily could never imagine any of them on the front porch with her and Marshall and Ted when they get old and retire and that she may have even done it to Robin. And, and that's they just, talk about that. Like, that's a betrayal did, did of break their Robin friendship. And I am. Yeah. It's a huge one. And it's, again, another reason. Like, the premise is sweet, right? Of, oh, okay, like, yeah, we're probably all going to be hanging out together until we're 70. We're going to learn how to play gin. Okay, that's cool. That's great. But how we get there is, like, so you get to pick my life? You get to pick my who I fall in love with? You're not going to be the supportive friend that I've been through everything when you broke up with Marshall and you know decided to be selfish and you know follow your own path and do all that. You just think it's all about you and your wants, your likes, your needs. It's one of the reasons yeah, I can't stand yeah, really. Yeah. I just I don't get why they built her character to be like this. I I don't either. She's just. And it's it's weird because like it's almost like something that you suspect Lily would have done like once, right? But for her to have done it repeatedly throughout the years, it's just it's yet another notch on the wire. Why do we like Lily train? This is terrible. She has no reason to be with this group. And and how does Ted not just say okay? Cool, how is that done. not the end of his and Lily's friendship? 
That's yeah, exactly. Between the shit she pulled with Marshall and then this a couple of years later, like how how do you keep forgiving her year after year? It, it it's a tough episode to watch. It's a very tough episode. Like they have a full on fight while Robin yeah. is on the news at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's, and and Robin also happens to have one of the most epic podcasts of all time. She delivers a baby. Things get. I mean, it's it's a crazy episode. And then yeah, Barney gets seduced by Marshall. And <laughs> I'm gonna be laughing at this for a while. Yeah, it's like it, they're good episodes. Just like they just feel so out of sync with everything else yeah. in this season that I feel like this almost would have been better if it had been punted to like the beginning of season five, like when uh, when yeah. Robin and Barney are together and. Robin finds that out, and you know maybe that's like kind of reignites something. I don't know. Like I and feel like this like just could have been handled her better. Barney's relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like it though. I mean, look, you you need to add that depth. It's just another reason though why I think Lily's character is an odd one to stay in this group. Granted, she is going to leave for a few days because like she's going to go have a baby during this season in real yeah. life. Uh, which shout out to the show. They they cleverly hid her pregnancy with giant handbags and camera shots. Yeah, uh, a lot of shows have to do that. I mean, because understandably, I mean, shows, movies. I mean, Scarlett Johansson made uh, Age of Ultron while pregnant. You know, and and uh, Winter or Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, Winter Soldier as well. Crazy. Crazy amount of stuff that they have to do. Uh, my favorite, okay, this is actually my favorite episode of the season. Right place, right time, and as fast as she can. Again, this yep. one should just be all together as one, but hey, you know, CBS has got to spread them out. Ted recounts the series of events that led him to being in the right place at the right time for a life changing encounter. Barney prepares for his 200th conquest, and Marshall abuses the graphics department at GNB. Marshall likes charts. Uh, yeah, Mar- Marshall's chart obsession is just so great. <laughs> here is a pie chart of all my favorite bars, and here's a bar graph of all my favorite pies. <sighs> yeah, that that one's bad. Um, Barney is trying to get the number 200. Uh, 200 sexual conquests. Um... <laughs> uh, uh, the batting average conversation it's it's so great so great and they have another intervention for uh marshall in this one mm. Mm. and interventions need to be more and more and more and more and more and more of a thing interventions are phenomenal i think the uh, intervention gag in this show gets really worn out though true but then it disappears for like what a year and a half two years and then they bring it back like they bring it back periodically but intervention they do. Is I, I feel like they went way too hard way too fast and i mean the actual intervention episode is great phenomenal uh i i love it but man and in fact that's that's earlier this season that's uh it's the fourth episode this season it's great i mean uh the low-key funniest intervention is uh <laughs> marshall about it's his hat so- no, Marshall Marshall's hat is good, but um, 
when they uh, show the origin of the intervention banner, and it's uh, it's for their friend Stuart that we've seen a few times. And oh god! It's all yeah. about his drinking, and then Barney <laughs> walks in with a bottle of gin and is like, "Time to let the party animal out of the cage, Stewie." Nobody wants to see Bruce Banner, dude. Everybody came to see the Hulk. He's like, "Oh well, I thought this was a birthday." Sign me for skipping it's the It's so <laughs> bad, but it's so funny. By the way, they're, 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 which it's funny because they come back to that again to show that's all that they do is they re-return. When they're trying to figure out what to name Claudia and Stewart's kid, they're like, mm-hmm. why don't we name it something after you love? Freaking well, we true. Well, well, but vodka, so you'll hold her tight and never let her go. Don't knock the vodka. Wouldn't have a kid without it. Oh, God. They may have the most dysfunctional relationship in this whole show. Freaking love it, though. Freaking love it. Right, right place, straight. right time, Tim. Ted talks about the events that led up to him receiving basically the best advice he's ever going to get with a job that is really going to mean a lot to him. So Ted has gotten fired from Goliath National Bank after some budget cuts and a couple different things. So Ted's kind of been feeling down on himself and in steps Tony Graffinello, who is Stella's uh, ex, current, and forever will be baby daddy. Ted... uh, Tony basically tells Ted, hey, look, I feel so bad for what happened of me stealing your girl, and and I heard life's just not going well for you. I want to make it up to you. I want to do something big for you. And he goes through like three or four different things. Like he's going to design a mansion for his house that's secretly, or for his friend that's secretly a serial killer. He's going to. The best. That's the best in these two episodes. That's the best scene. This stick so rare. I need to. He makes sure you can't hear me from my laundry room because I do laundry very loudly. And you're hearing screaming and Ted's the only one hearing it. Like Tony's just ignoring it. And <laughs> okay, okay. So maybe that was a misfire. <laughs> it's so fucking so funny. Jason Jones did such a great job as Tony Graffinello. This again, another instance where they bring in a outsider to this core cast and it just works and it works well with Josh Radnor. Like as much as we want to talk crap about Ted Mosby, the character, Josh Radnor is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Uh, so this leads to Ted giving a great speech about it. He's, he's like, you know what, Tony, you don't need to do anything about this. Like I'm happy. I, you know, I, I'm good. And so Tony starts to think, well, hey, if Ted's so good without Stella, am I making a mistake by being with her? So he dumps Stella. And that leads into as fast as she can. Um, Ted and Stella have this great moment in the car. So, so, so Stella comes to Ted and says, hey, look, I know that this is an awful thing to ask, but can you ask Tony and I to get back? Or can you ask Tony to take me back? Like, he's all I've ever wanted. And this is the first time that they've talked face-to-face since – the note since he since since she left him at the yeah. altar yeah yep 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 um I, I you have to commend i think the writing here specifically because they managed to make a fictional character do something that i don't think any normal human being would do and that would be like yeah sure i'll help you get back together with the man you left me for um because i i mean i've seen that episode and I, I don't know how i would react to that if somebody if an ex a if an ex of mine had asked me that at any point um i just don't i don't 
I don't even want to go down that line of thought. Like, I, I simply would not be able to be a big enough man to do that. I would not be able to be the bigger man. And this just adds, I think, to the legend of Ted Mosby just being this hopeless romantic. He willingly helps them get back together, even though she dumped him for Tony. She's going to go on to to be happy. Tony's going to be a dick and write two movies about it, but hey. Yeah, fuck, to- fuck Tony. Fuck Tony, Bye. man. Fuck Tony. But we, we love Jason Ted- Jones. So this was the episode where Sarah Chalk had actually used all of her guest appearances up that was in her contract for Scrubs. Bill Lawrence fudged the paperwork and let her come to this one. And I'm so glad he did because Stella and Ted have my favorite moment in the show where Ted says this line where he goes, you know, what you and I had, what or what I thought you and I had, what I know Marshall and Lily have, I want that. And I, I just keep looking for her and, and I just I just can't find her. And so Stella tells the story about how, you know, one time she got pulled over and the officer comes running up to her. He goes, young lady, do you know why I pulled you over? She goes, I'm sorry, officer. I came as fast as I can. And the one is out there, Ted. You just got to be patient. She's coming just as fast as she can. Yeah. Uh, I When we finally lead. get to the title. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no go ahead. I think when you say as fast as she can, it's funny because Ted's passed by Tracy so many times at this point, right? And without knowing it, and he's mentioned it whenever he has, I was not the man I needed to be. And if your mother had met me at that point, we would not have gotten together. She wouldn't have liked me. She would have been embarrassed of me, uh, especially No Tomorrow. No Tomorrow is the main one. No Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. There's so many of those moments where you don't think, you know, you're you every day. There's a lesson. I one one of my big like life mottos that I've taken from the show is that everything happens for a reason. So yep. being failing today, um, that this happened for a reason. It's building something within me that is helping me become the person that the future Mrs. Logan Corkins is, 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 is needs needs me to be, and I'm building right. myself up to be that. And whatever you believe in, if you believe in the universe, God, whatever, like if you believe in a soulmate, I mean, and I like to think that they do exist, is like when you find that one, you need, you like, yes, you're you're going to be a, a a version of yourself that's awesome, but then you're going to build a version that's together, and that makes all the work that you've done getting to that point worth it because now it's like, wow, I don't one, I don't ever have to be single again. I mean. Dude, that's just a huge load. But then, two, I got to build this life in this future with someone who I can support and I can be there for. But then, in return, I get those same things back, and I finally feel fulfilled. And I hope I hope everybody who listens to that understood, like finds that person in their life. I really do. Um, it's just a big life lesson, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great, it's a great run of episodes to end the season because uh, next we have the leap. Which we're going to talk about here in a second. But first, Hit let's tell you that our first piece of, piece of Q-list merch is going up. And it is actually themed about as fast as she can. Uh, yellow umbrella with uh, basically like raindrops falling down with the words as fast as she can Q-list written underneath it. Check it out. It's available on bonfire.com slash store slash land party. Check it out. Uh, 100% of the proof, uh, profits are going to charity. This month we are giving two food for the hungry. 
And uh, next month, people, check it out. We are doing one WWE, and uh, we're going to introduce a new belt. It's going to be pretty cool. We're going to talk about that uh, here in a few weeks on Land Party. Check it out. But yeah, uh, new merch uh, on the store as of Friday. So check it out. Heck yeah. The Leap. Carter Bay's Craig Thomas, which they wrote as fast as you can. It's, again, fitting that those two wrote that episode and they wrote this one. It's Ted's 31st birthday, but he's stuck inside designing a restaurant that's designed like a cowboy hat. Despite Marshall's attempts to get him to leave, Barney finally confesses he has feelings for Robin. Finally. 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 We got it. And he asked Ted in the greatest way. He asked Ted if he can ask out Robin in such a just brilliant way where, you know, he's like, hey, hey, Ted, what if you tried on a suit? And you really just didn't fit it. You like the suit. But like, maybe I want to try that suit on. How would you feel? Try the suit, buddy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's great. And then, you know, you have. Uh, you, you have Robin deciding to Mosby Barney. <laughs> I think I'm in love with you. I, it, it's great, but uh, there's just so many things that happen here. You, the goat, the goat is here, uh, and he gets the shit beat out of him by a goat. So they built out up for three years. Yeah. And then you have uh, him losing the job that would have saved his job to Sven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just great how this ends is perfect. This may be the best. To me, this is probably my favorite ending to a season uh, that we get of any of these. I really, really love this. Like where it leaves Ted at, where the whole cast is at at the end of this season. You know, Marshall and Lily are happy and, you know, doing their thing. Marshall's, you know, a lawyer. He may be at GNB and not thrilled about it, but he's there. He's happy. And compared to the last season where he was just depressed, you've got Robin and Barney getting together and you got Ted getting the best job he's ever had in his words. Um, and we find out that the mother was in the classroom, which is alarming. <laughs> Especially with Ted's first, you know, class. Yeah. Is he, he he taught Econ three oh five. Econ three oh five. So good. So very good. I, I love this end of the season. Um I, like you've already said it, so, you know, season four is just such a great arc of a season of you know, Ted goes from engaged to left at the altar to seeing Stella again and it just bringing back all these memories and but but then Ted really finding himself and finding a new confidence within himself well I love it at the end of the season the very last thing he says um it's Bob Saget's narration obviously he was left at the altar knocked out by a crazy bartender he got fired and he got attacked by a goat but despite all that it was the best year of his life I don't believe that that's a load of bullshit I do though oh I I do I, I get this. I get the sentiment, but uh, he, Ted, you've had better years. We've witnessed better years for you, buddy. I, I think it is because okay, I, I tend to look at okay. So back in 2014, I tried to commit suicide. Right, that was a big thing where I, we, I, I overloaded on pills. I started the year off in a relationship with a girl who I thought I was going to marry. I. Then have a suicide attempt in February that 
basically halt any future I had with anything. I go work for the Omaha Storm Chasers, have a great time working in baseball, really learn that foundation. I come back to home, revitalizing my work life within a church and kind of starting to begin to learn a little bit more about myself. And I end the year with finally hitting the lesson of I need to know who I am before I can ever try to be with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I look and I look at this with the whole as fast as she can mindset of if I hadn't gone through a suicide attempt, there were so many things in my life that had to stop and be reevaluated because of that moment, because of that suicide attempt and the events that led up to it. When I was lying all the time, when I was manipulating people all the time, when I was lying to myself to the point where like, I didn't know who I was when I looked in the mirror, mm-hmm. like had the suicide attempt not happened, I would have still been the same guy. I probably would be dead. And I, I tell people this all the time is like, if that hadn't happened when it did and the events that happened right after were like, I lost my best friend that night. She's we haven't talked since that night. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost a lot of trust with people who I thought I, I thought I needed in my life. And it turns out I really didn't. I needed other people. I needed other friendships and, and different guidance. But if that hadn't happened, like, if I hadn't gone, like, Ted says it perfectly in in the uh, in season nine where he goes, you know, we, we if I hadn't gone through hell and back, I don't know that I would have made it through the journey. And that's a hundred percent true. This season is a prime example of that, where he's gone through hell through this season, but it's made him a stronger person. Right. It's made him such a great character. Now he's going to get a little bit boring. Let's be honest. Ted's going to really like kind of back off now for a little while. This is going to be the Barney and Robin show. This is going to be the Lily and Marshall. And are they going to have a kid? Marshall is going to go through a lot next season. Uh, Marshall, it's, we're really going to take the focus off Ted for a little while. And honestly, thank God. It needs to happen. Yeah, it, it needs to happen. This is this is a good stopping point for Ted for a little while. You know, let him get a little complacent. Season five really doesn't focus on him. Season six, of course, you know, picks up with, you know, going back to the failed project uh, and the whole Zoe plot line. And then, you know, we kind of do it. We kind of do this whole song and dance again for a little while. We, we just kind of more check in with Ted for the next few seasons. And the show is better off for it, I think, in a lot of ways. We also get to talk about one of my favorite uh, hookups that was just the most random celebrity guest appearance next season with Hooked. Carrie Underwood wrote a weird fit so to the show. fucking weird. <laughs> oh, such a weird thing. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's next week, so you're going to have to join us for that. But before we wrap this up, we got two more segments we got to do, and the next one is one of my favorites. Hit it with the intro! It is time to go to a very dark place. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to Barney Stinson's blog. And today we are reading from his November 10th, 2008 entry called Not a Father's Day. Everyone's talking about the newest and greatest, most awesome holiday, Not a Father's Day. Finally, men all over the world who have experienced the miracle of not having any dependents can celebrate together in the special joy of not being a father. Also, boobs are cool. Let's, let's 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 talk about some father not a father facts. Fact number one: nobody wants to have a child. But how do you how do I know for sure that I'm not a father? The easiest way to confirm that you're not a father is to ask friends and colleagues if they've noticed any of your offspring, or even really small people who look like you. No, 
Congratulations. You're well on your way to ensuring you're not a father. Step two. I heard a story about another not a father suddenly becoming a not a father. Is that scientifically possible? Yes. Uh, according to the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy, 1.5 million loud, toothless, and vomiting surprises arrive unexpectedly each year, which means that each year, 1.5 million potential not-a-fathers awake one morning to discover they've instantly lost their Saturday nights, about 15,000 mm-hmm. a year, roughly 3 trillion billion hours of sleep, and a streak of consecutive days without having to go elbow deep in baby poop. Yikes. Number three. I'm worried about baby poop and walking around in public with a fanny pack. Are there steps that I can take to ensure that I remain not a father? Certainly. But abstain, just abstain from having sex. But seriously, there are effective measures and precautions that you can take to help preserve your not a father status. Eight out of ten sexually, adi- or sexually active adults who do not use some sort of birth control will get pregnant within a year. And with my powerful and potent sperm, the number is much greater. Somewhere like nine out of ten or even ten out of ten. That's why I like to employ some of the following birth control methods. The penis poncho, which is a condom. Sex mints, which is birth control pills. Outer course, formerly known as dry humping. The WMD of sperm, the IUDs. Oh my God. And the circle of bachelorhoods, a.k.a. the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ted Mosby's, or that is uh, Barney Stinson's blog for the week. <sighs> so, uh, if you are not a father, comment below. <laughs> Gotta give, yeah, if you're not a Father's Day, hit us up on Twitter uh, at QLISBRN. Celebrate not a Father's Day. We will have a big celebration. We'll celebrate you. If you have a kid, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Hopefully, you don't have to go elbow deep in poop today. Hopefully. Ted's a hoe. Let's rake up a show. This is the segment where we rake Ted's ex girlfriends, lovers, Marshall. I mean, it's it all comes down here. Uh, so far, let's see where our list is. At number one, we have Robin. Number two, we have Stella. I think we need to knock her down. Uh, Stella's got to be knocked down. Stella's got to go down. Victoria's number three. Trudy's number four. Amy's number five. Mary the Paralegal sitting there at six. Natalie at number seven. The Slutty Pumpkin sitting at seven. At nine, we have Blah Blah. Number 10, we have Stacy. Number 11, Ashley. Number 12, Kathy. Number 13, Rachel. And number 14, Mary Beth. I will tell you, from 10 on, it just feels like I'm reading generic white girl names. Oh, you, 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 Not you a lot of diversity, Ted. You might want to look at that. Not a lot of diversity. Who, who are our new additions this week, Logan? This week, we are talking about... Uh, why am I blanking? Why am I blanking? I know we, we've got we've got his, uh, we've got the hookup from uh, the Naked Man. We've got Vicky. Yeah, we got Vicky from the Naked Man, and we've got Stella. Uh, Karen. 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 Yeah, Karen. Why can't, yeah, why can't I think of Karen? Yeah, so Karen. Let's start with Karen. Where do we think Karen ranks? Not very high because she's a bitch. The Ted, she pretty much ruined his friendship. She tried to make him stop being friends with his friends. She's pretentious, but she's definitely better than most of these random hookups. I feel. I just don't. I think Baron. I think you know. In hindsight, I think Mary Beth needs to be higher. Well, it's too late now. All right, fine. She doesn't um, come back. 
I mean, I, I would put her maybe above Blah Blah, but Blah Blah has a great moment in season nine. I'd put her at number 10 then. Number 10? Okay. Sweet. I'd put Karen at number 10. All right. Karen going in there at 10. Uh, next one that we have to do. Vicky. Vicky. And Vicky needs to be high. I, I think Vicky is... She's a jerk, but she gets shrimp appetizers for free. She gets shrimp appetizers. You you just know they had some crazy sex. That oh, night. dude. You just know. So is she you know she, she's that? a freak. Now, is she prostitute freak, like Mary the Paralegal? <laughs> no, but she she's definitely... she She's a freak, though. I mean, I... She's under Mary the Paralegal, I think. Hey-o. Uh, but... Hey-o. Because I mean, I just can't go higher. Amy is just Mandy Moore's too good. Trudy is Trudy, and above yeah. that, we have the serious ones. No, okay. Uh, so then, Natalie, Natalie's sitting there at seven right now. Bump Natalie bump down Nat- one. Bump Natalie down one. Okay, so at seven, we are bringing in Vicky. And, and it's just finally, because you know she's a fucking animal. And then we've got Stella. Stella breaks that heart, but did she come like okay? So it breaks his heart, but then she comes back with a really good line. So, like, so is I she up? A- I can't drop her too much. I, I can't drop her below number three. I put her at number three. Okay. Because I think after that, you're getting into, like, the jo- almost the jokes. Yeah. Like, you're getting into the ones that, like, hey, we like them because, you know, they had a really good appearance. Or they had good multiple appearances. But she she had a very long arc. I mean, if you combine her episodes in three and four, she basically has a full season. Yeah. And she has a complete character arc, which is more than we can say for basically anybody else except for Robin and eventually Tracy. Yeah. So, and if you well, don't I mean, know who we're talking about when we say yeah. Tracy, ladies and gentlemen, that is the mother. Yeah, we're we're getting to the point where Ted's going to have less random hookups. And it's going to be more like season-long pursuits. He's still going to have hookups, of course. But you're going to have the... I don't even want to say media relationships. You're going to have ones that take several episodes. You're, you're going to have, you'll have the return of Victoria. You'll have Jeanette. You'll have Zoe. Uh, God, I can't wait to talk about Zoe in a couple weeks. Oh, um, dude. Yes. You know, you're, you're going to have some real, we're going to finally have some competition at the top. That should be good. So our updated ranking at 16, we have Mary Beth, Ted State for New Year's in the first season. <laughs> should I still give a hug, Joe? Uh, 15 rachel who is involved in the belt episode uh that's not meant to be trudy's the goat trudy's the goat trudy's the goat 14 we have kathy she talks a lot Mm -hmm. uh 13 we have ashley i can't remember that one she's uh she's the girl ted uh, was trying to hook up with in no tomorrow oh yeah he charged everything to uh her husband's card Uh, yeah yeah, G- uh, Greedo or G- Greedo. Yeah, uh, number ten or number uh, twelve, Stacy. Number eleven, Karen. Number ten, blah blah. Gotta love it. respect to blah blah. She sells handbags. Check her out. She, oh wait, sorry, she's not online yet. Do you she think she's she on Etsy now? Oh, dude, she's gotta be on Etsy. We need to like where are they now of all the side characters. I really want to know what Pert Happily's up to. I want to know where uh, blah blah's at with her life. That's why I love. I it's one of the final episodes of the series, but I love Gary Blauman so much. The episode, not the so, character, because you so, get so many glimpses where all these little characters go in the future, 
And for some of them, it's just genuinely great. Phenomenal. It's great. Phenomenal. We're going to be talking about that later on. Uh, number nine, we got the Slutty Pumpkin. She is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. She's coming back and she's going down. She's going down to have you. Hey, oh. Number seven, Vicky. Number six, Mary the Paralegal. Number five, Amy. Number four, Trudy. Three, Stella. Two, Victoria. And number one, Robin. It's great. It's great. You love it. You love to see it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can catch Josh every Thursday night at Tower Casuals Live uh, on twitch.tv slash Bosch Games Live. Where else can people find you, Josh? Uh, Twitter. Twitter.com slash Josh underscore Finn. Two ends. Two ends, baby. Heck yeah, he's killing it. Uh, if you missed yesterday's episode of Rope Talk, check it out. Uh, we know you guys usually listen to this episode. You, you listen to Rope Talk after the pay-per-view airs. I don't get it. You're a bunch of weirdos, but go check it out. It's awesome. And hey, there uh, there might be some LAN party game night stuff coming this week with Sea of Thieves. That's right. We're going to be playing Pirates of the Caribbean and all the weird stuff Jack Sparrow is going to get us into. Wow. Check our social medias for that. That's coming up this week. And don't forget, LAN party's off. Uh basically oh yeah this is the final week yeah we'll we'll, we'll be back next week uh with a brand new episode of land party we will have a few special guests sprinkled in now um and you may hear some new hosting duties as well i may be coming off the show for a little bit we'll see what happens mm. and then uh check it out we also have a brand new podcast coming from the boss rush entertainment family that's right the boss rush entertainment podcast is coming to you now on saturday afternoon so we're going to be breaking down all the biggest news from the entertainment industry whether it be movies trailers music that uh, debuted we're going to be breaking all that down in a very special place we'll have a little bit of sports talk in it not a lot uh but it's going to be very much like the boss podcast which you can catch on sundays live on twitch.tv slash games live but just on the entertainment side. So we're going to talk about the MCU. We're going to be talking about Loki uh, and, and all the amazing things that are going on in that show that I just love this show to death. So check it out there. We've been presented today by Raise Energy and RepSports.com. And check out Pink Lemonade. It's the new flavor. You're going to be able to get that at RepSports.com a month. Count it four weeks before you can get it at Quick Trip. So if you want to try the new flavor, go to RepSports.com. Use the promo code LAMPARTY. Check out Pink Lemonade. It's, it's bomb. It's so good. Check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, for Josh Finn, I'm Logan Corkins. Peace out.